0: Welcome to the Roll for Combat Actual Play Podcast, where our intrepid adventurers are playing through the Pathfinder adventure, The Fall of Plagstone. Join us every week as our daring adventurers face treacherous monsters and deadly obstacles on their quest to save a town from utter destruction. Lead on, listener. Your quest awaits.
1: last we left off, you were all discovering your past. Or at least Celeste was discovering her past. The rest of you were kind of just there as uh, observers. Sort of there to help out, if you will.
2: And now you're, and she appreciates it.
1: There you go. And now you're back at the feed mill. You're hanging out. Another day of adventuring done. And you were also asked to figure out who is behind this nefarious plot to kill Bort and to bring him or her
3: to justice and
1: the day is done what are you gonna do
3: well if the day is done I guess we're gonna get dinner and go to bed
0: Lauren Sieg is playing Prue Frosthammer the half-orc spirit barbarian
2: (laughs) I mean we can always go back to the feed mill and check in with everyone see how the rest of
0: the town is doing Vanessa Hoskins is playing Celeste Carvazalon, the human angelic sorcerer.
3: Well, that's kind of, we have to do that. That's the only place to get dinner.
2: That's true.
1: So you actually are back at the feed mill, and you were having dinner, I believe, the last time we left off. So, you know, it's it's dinner time, and Celeste has found out that she is somehow related to something. What she doesn't know but she found some weird,
2: mysterious...
1: Oh, weren't you guys going to go through the book? Oh, that was going to take a while. There was the book that you found of, like, your family tree.
2: Yeah, I believe we were poring over that. I know Celeste um, and Brixley were looking through it, and Celeste was taking notes in her journals.
1: Right, right. So you guys can do that, I guess, for the rest of the evening, while Cade probably is up to no good, and Prue, well, who knows what Prue's doing? I'm up to good. In a
0: no-good style. Rob Tremarco is playing Kate Thistlerot, the halfling rogue thief.
3: And I'm up to no-good in a good style.
1: Okay, shake and bake. So first we're going to go through the book a little, shall we? You go through the book. The book is a piece of Bolmer family history, listing births and deaths going back several hundred years. And looking through these names after pouring through it for the entire evening, it does indeed confirm a distant relationship between Celeste and the Bolomare family and Targon and his daughter. So believe it or not, you are distantly related, although related nonetheless.
2: Hmm. Um, at this, Celeste gets really thoughtful. And as, you know, Brixley's explaining all the complicated... Uh, interconnections and how you know many times it jumps family trees and where the marriages are and all that she sort of glazes over for a moment and starts to look around the room uh, and she starts using her read lips feet just to sort of see what everyone's talking about around the town mostly sort of immersing herself in the day-to-day and the culture of what's going on and trying to envision herself as somehow belonging to these people
1: Well, you find out that people sure like turnips. It seems like they are talking about the myriad of ways to take turnips and turn them into various concoctions. In fact, I believe these people here in this town are trying to give the peanut a run for its money. That's hard to do. Well, don't tell people at uh, at Folly about that, because turnip can do anything. Did you know that you can make axle grease out of turnips? It's true.
2: I thought that was bananas.
1: You can make them out of bananas, but they're inferior to turnips. Otherwise, the rest of the people are pretty much just going on about their days. People living their lives, talking about family squabbles, talking about educating their kids, who's dating who. You know, the same things you would see. But for Celeste, this is probably refreshing as it's... uh. It's almost like uh, something you would read about in a book. It's so pedestrian.
2: Yeah, a lot of her life, well, not on the road, but growing up, was fancy parties and etiquette and using the right fork in the right order. And this is just so simple that she's always discounted it before. She's always just sort of ignored it as lesser than. And now that she knows she's related to this, she's... She's starting to get a new perspective on it and trying to figure out what it is that this is all about. Why would someone live their entire life in this tiny little town?
1: So while you're sitting there and Kate is up to some good, Tamil walks over to you and sort of motions to you if she can sit down and join you and talk to you a bit. Can I gesture toward the chair? Please join me. She looks at you and she is holding something like under her uh, shirt kind of like hidden a little and it's kind of long and awkward and it's wrapped in burlap and she says I, I'm very impressed with uh, what you've been able to do here and I noticed that you're a man of some stealth a man who can get the job done discreetly am I wrong? You're not wrong Excellent, excellent I have a, a little chore that needs to be done if you'd be willing to help me. I have uh, Bort's final delivery here in town, and it needs to be done very delicately. All right. What's the delivery? Who's it for? She unwraps the burlap bundle to reveal a pair of sparring swords. She goes on to explain, These are ordered by uh, Perry Hemsoth. She's a young woman who lives with her mom on a farm about a mile outside of town, and Bort's records for the delivery included a rather cryptic note that read, please make sure Mother doesn't find out. I'm not exactly quite sure what this means, but I presume that she wanted these very discreetly presented to her without her mother finding out. Alright, I think I can do that. Excellent, excellent. She like sort of goes through her pocket. She's like, I don't have a, a lot to give you, but this is Bort's last delivery ever. If uh. If you need something afterwards, I'm sure I could come to an arrangement. I'm sure we can find something to trade. Sure, sure, sure. As I said, uh, she's about a mile outside of town. It's just her and her mother, so I would suggest uh, when you find some time, if you can uh, go out there and uh, very discreetly deliver them to her. She doesn't really come into town very often from what I know, and obviously even if she did, uh, she'd be here with her mother, so I'd imagine that would not be the most discreet time to Give her two very large swords that she'd have to carry back to her house. Are they that big? How big are these swords? Sparring swords. Like, are they made of wood? No, they're like dull metal blades, but, you know, they're they're swords. Like long sword sized? Yeah, yeah, like lo- somewhere between long and short sword, like, like medium. So we can't bake them into a, a large loaf of bread. Well, maybe if it was a French loaf. Right. Well, I mean, if it fits in a French loaf, I bet you we can do it. Yes. Do you know what a French loaf is? Where is France and Galarian? A, a long piece of bread. I'm sure we can make long loaves <laughs> of bread.
3: Want going to be a galt loaf then? A galt loaf.
1: I think you have to recite the recipe
0: in French for this to count. Jason McDonald is playing Brixley Silverthorn, the gnome champion liberator. We oui, we oui, a galtin baguette. It is a big ass loaf.
1: She she's like well, however you feel is. Uh best discreetly to deliver these, you know. Of course you can visit her. I imagine someone of your means could slip in and slip out without anybody knowing. Do you know if her house has two floors? And if she's on the second floor and her mom is not? I know nothing about it. Only there that um, I only have her location and she gives you kind of like a, a map. enough the uh, Part of the delivery instructions enough to find where she is. Okay. I'll get on it. Excellent, excellent. Let me know how that goes. I'd be curious to know why she wanted these and why she doesn't want her mother to find out. But again, it's not really my concern. I can guess, but delivery to delivery. True, true. And with that, she takes
3: her leave and says, good evening to you. Good evening. Anyone else wish to do anything before you retire for the evening? I'm just going to make some drinking buddies and then I'll go to bed.
1: Drinking buddies. Okay, there's lots of people drinking and there's a lot of buddies.
2: Um, Celeste does want to do one thing. She's going to approach, uh, Delma. They've become pretty close. And say, Delma, um, where do the injured in town go? Is there an infirmary?
1: She looks around. She's like, well, there's a couple of people that here are doctors. I wouldn't necessarily call it an infirmary. Believe it or not, some people actually go to Edra, the stable hand. She's actually quite good with animals and, uh, humans, believe it or not. Well, not just humans. You know what I mean. But anyhow, yes, um, a lot of people sort of uh, take care of themselves, and as you know, I, I did have some minor potions of healing. I uh, will hopefully get a few more, as board would bring a few, and whenever there was something serious, someone would uh, get a potion and use that. Otherwise, uh, we kind of keep to ourselves, and everyone seems to help themselves. As for a temple in town, um, kind of, uh, ever since the plague, the local temple has been shut down. I believe you were—you went there when you were attacked by those bloodsuckers.
2: Mm. Oh, the, the small shrine to, I think it was Gozerra? Yes, that's correct. We haven't had a proper
1: church since uh, Father Bulger's died of plague nearly 20 years ago. Well, ever since then, uh, no one's really sets anything up, although... There is an old church that's sort of been converted into a farm uh, on the side of town. Uh, you can uh, go over there. There's a man there named uh, Metamon, and uh, he's been using the church for a while now. He doesn't hold services or anything, but I believe he's a devout man.
2: Okay. If anyone if anyone gets seriously injured, will, will you just let me know? Of
1: course. Of course. I can easily put the word out. I'm sure everyone will know by tomorrow morning. <laughs>
2: I, I'm just, I wonder if there isn't something I i could be doing. Something I should be doing to help.
1: Oh, you've been doing more than enough. You're entertaining everyone here every night. You helping out with Bort's murder. Why, this is the most excitement we've had, well, since the plague.
2: <laughs> I suppose that's true. But still, all this hard work on farms, it seems like it would uh, it would be dangerous at times with all the equipment and everything. So, just... Just let me know.
1: Sure, sure. She kind of whispers over to you and says, although I tell you, that uh, turnip farming is, is not exactly the most dangerous of activities.
2: Oh, <laughs> I always thought farming was. I don't know that much about it, honestly, but I've been learning quite a bit.
1: Well, when we had livestock there, things were much more exciting back then. But, you know, things have changed. And now we're just an old, sleepy farming community.
2: Oh, that's good. I'm, I'm glad the people here are well other than poor Bort, of course, are relatively safe, and well, I intend to keep it that way, at least as long as it's within my powers.
1: Excellent, excellent. Anyone else wish
2: to do anything?
1: Is this delivery something we should all do together, do you think? That's your decision. I don't know. I can do it on my own, I think, more quickly tonight, without making a big deal. I can go with you.
3: I can go with you just in case something happens.
1: Yeah, at most you can go with Prue because... I kind of did this while you presume Celeste and Brixley are doing their studying, because that's going to take all night. Okay. So Brixley's guys... curled up with a book. He's right. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Then Prue and I can,
3: can go do on this. your little side adventure.
1: Sure. Brixley's actually got the full like uh, murder board going of the combined families.
3: Worst case scenario, I could distract the mother while you deliver the goods.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's not that's not worst case. That's actually a good
3: case. That's, a, uh, that's an okay case. All right. I approve that case. I just need something to distract her with. I think it depends what's going on. If, if they're both asleep
1: when we get there, I'll just sneak into like her room like the, like the Sword Fairy and deliver swords. Okay. You two are off for an adventure. It's the Prue and Cage Show. My
3: favorite part of Pathfinder is when two characters go off on their own. That is when the best antics happen.
1: Hmm. And you guys are like Ivan and Costello. You got Prue, who's like seven feet tall, and Cade, who's not. Are you guys are like That's right. Who who who's who's who in this uh, this routine?
3: Uh, I might be uh Costello a little. That's a little before my time. I've heard the names, but I don't know enough to declare one of them.
1: Wow, we are old. <laughs>
3: yeah, and you dated yourself with that one.
1: Anyhow, with that, let's get on with the adventure. You walk towards the farm. Very simple, very easy little walk. As she said, a little less than a mile to town. A very safe area to walk to. And you get to the house. It is a very simple house, single story. And there appears to be lights on. And what are you going to do? Um,
3: you want me to knock on the door?
1: Maybe, let me look around to see. They're definitely inside, right? It's like how is it eight PM? Do you think, or what time of day is it? Oh, it's it's like yeah, it's like nine PM, eight not eight nine PM. Let me get out my dice a d twelve. All right, here we go. Going to roll perception for Mister Cade. You're looking around. It looks like you could sneak up to the house and perhaps look in fairly easily it is dark it's fairly quiet and obviously they're inside doing whatever they're doing so it's not exactly going to require a lot of stealth it's more like i just have to make sure i don't step on something sharp or
3: snappy okay i will sl- i'll say before you head uh, off yeah do you know do you know any bird calls uh you know a little whippoorwill something you can give me uh give me a signal, if you need it, and then I'll knock on the door. I'll uh, I'll make a a, a a two whistle. All right, I'll listen for it. I'll go real
1: slow, like real slow, Kay. real careful.
3: What is your with stealth? the swords.
1: What is plus your ten? Plus ten. Let's roll them stealthies. Here we go. Whoa, God, it's not even fair. But I'm gonna tell you what you rolled: natural twenty. Bazem. Not only do you manage to successfully sneak up to that house so quietly that even Prue has no idea where you are. Prue's like, great. Hey. By myself again. And I don't need any torches because I have low light vision. That's right. And Prue, in fact, is uh, trying every ounce of her being, her willpower, not to start screaming out, Kate, where'd you go? I really want to scream right now. No. Kada scurries up to the house, peeks in, and sees the mother is in the front, looks like she's washing dishes and cleaning up, while the daughter is in her room, and best of all, looks like you can easily perhaps knock on the window or get her attention. Excellent. Is she on the first floor? They're both on there. There's only one floor. And her room is, like, is there a door on it? Like, no one can look in? Well, there's a door to her room, but it looks like that, um, that she's kind of, like, off in the corner okay I will I will take one of the swords and tap on the window with the hilt like holding the blade tap mm-hmm. tap 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 oh man 18 does she come to the window she she looks up and sees you and her eyes kind of light up and she hurries on over really quietly and she's like <gasps> she's, yeah I make a shh she looks at you and she's at, like and they hold both the swords up I, I know who you are. I, I heard stories. You're the talk of the town.
3: I, I have I have your swords. Oh
1: great, great. Uh, hold on I'm gonna I'm gonna come outside. Uh, I'm gonna pretend I have to use the lavatory. Want me to put him by the outhouse? No no, no I wanna I wanna talk to you real quick. Okay And you hear her like and she just tells her mom she has to go to the bathroom and her mom's like row, row, row. she comes out and sort of goes behind the outhouse where she mentions she like mentions you to come over she's like this is great i'm so happy board got my message now i can uh, continue my training this is awesome i've I, i've been waiting my whole life to do this i really i really want to learn how to use a sword but my mother says it's not ladylike it's not something that i'm supposed to know how to do but i can feel it in my blood it's something i've always wanted trust me it's ladylike it's everything like you can do what you want i know a lady she's got a flail I heard. I heard all about you adventurers, When I heard all well, of everything you've been doing. I've so excited. I want to be just like you when I grow up. Well, let's not go crazy, but yeah, you should be able to defend yourself. This might have been my dream ever since I was little, and my older brother died in the Goblin Blood Wars. But the loss of my brother made my mother quite extremely overprotective. She won't let me go anywhere near any weapons or anything like that, but much like my brother, I feel like it's a calling, something I need to learn how to do. If anything, just to defend myself. You made the right step. You're taking your first step into a larger world, kid. She looks at you and she's like, this is great, except, uh, uh, she looks at you and she says, uh, um, did, did, did you, would, would you want to help me? Like, you, you're an adventurer and you, you seem really good at what you do. I didn't even hear you come up. Maybe you could, uh, I don't know, come by every night and uh, train me? Huh. If you want, we can do that. Maybe can you, can you get away from your mother? There's three of us who can teach you how to use a sword and, and defend yourself, in different styles too. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a little hard, but uh I can get out. Uh, I can go and pretend I'm going into town every evening for uh, for meals or or such, and uh, uh, I'll have someone cover for me. But as long as I just go from here or there, and we train a little bit, maybe I know. Maybe we can train on the farm at uh, at the at the town inn. That would be a good place. You guys are staying there anyhow, right? Yep, we're staying right over there. Oh, this is great. She's like really excited and sort of like giggling to herself and holding the swords. She's like, this is wonderful. I, I, I'll I, be willing to pay you, of course, if if, if you need it. Uh, I, I, I don't know who else would be able to train me out here. I, uh, I, I was wondering what I was going to do once I got them, but now I have them and you're here. It seems like it was meant to be. Don't worry about the money. Not for this. Great, great. She's like, I heard all about you, but uh, uh, you know what? I probably want to train with you. You and her are kind of close to the same height. She's uh, rather short. I think it might be better if I train with someone closer to my stance and style. That way, I have a better, proper grip and use for the swords. I don't want to train with someone who's who's really tall. I think it's going to be difficult. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, I can definitely get you started, but you're gonna maybe need to learn a few ways. I mean, she she's human, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're going to grow, and you're going to get larger, and you're going to need to change how you fight. And also, you may not be fighting someone the same size all the time. I don't, and that's for sure. True, true. You see, I'm learning so much already. And Parry sort of looks over to you and says, "This, this is great. So, how about this? How about uh, tomorrow night? I'll meet you uh, for dinner, and then afterwards, we can do a little bit of sparring and training. And you can, you can start showing me how to use these. And uh, uh, I'll, I'll bring them." Uh, I want to keep them and just sort of uh, uh, admire them. I've been waiting for this for so long, but you understand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get, get used to the how, how they feel and, you know, uh, don't hold them too tight. You can't hold the, the the hilt too tight. Just enough to hold a grip, but not like you're trying to crush it. Pretend you're holding it a baby bird. You want to let it fly away, but you don't want to hurt it. Oh, man, this is... This is so wonderful. What, what, what do you know how to do? Like, what, What's your background, may I ask you? I heard that you were all mighty adventurers. Uh, my background is a little, you know, shady. But I've had to defend myself and my friends against all manner of folk. And uh, I heard you took down a bear. Mm, well, sometimes you don't have to fight. I snuck around that bear to get what we needed. It was already sleeping. We did kill a boar, though. Oh, I heard all about that boar feast, but Mom wouldn't let me go. She was uh, worried after Boar was killed. But now that you managed to find the murderer and that, that damn Hallet, I knew he was up to no good. Everyone hated him anyhow. I'm glad he's dead, but I, I think she'll start letting me back into town. Uh, I think it won't be a problem. But if I, if I don't show up, uh, I'll try to send a note or something, but I should be fine. Okay, no problem. And just remember, when you are hype, for now, you fight dirty. Fight to win. <laughs> She has a little wicked smile on her face. and
3: She's like, I'm going to like this.
1: Brixley will teach you how to do tournament fighting and proper upstanding, honorable stuff. I hit you where you least expect it. A lot. That's what I'll teach you. Harry's uh, grinning from ear to ear, and she's, she's grinning from ear to ear, and she's super excited. She's like, I can't wait till tomorrow. I don't think I'm going to get a lick of sleep. Well, you should rest because you need to be fresh. I know. I know. I can't wait. I can't wait. She's so excited, and she says, I gotta go. Mom's gonna get suspicious. And she uh, gives you a little peck on the cheek, and she starts running off. Uh, She'll make a, a mighty fine murderer one day, and I stealth on back to Prue. I rolled a 19. Just to let you know. <laughs> I rolled a 20, I, a 19, and an 18. I come up behind her. I come up behind Prue. I say, "Hey, I'm back. Ah,
3: Jesus. Don't sneak up on me like that.
1: Don't hurt me. And who's Jesus? Anyway, everything went great. She has her swords, and uh, she wants me to teach her how to use them. Oh, jeez, what'd you say? I said, yes, and I told her about you.
3: W- what? Why?
1: Uh, she said that her mother said what she wanted to do wasn't ladylike. I said, I know a lady, and she's a fighter. If you you meet her, and you'll understand that fighting is for everyone if you need to do it.
3: I'm pretty sure... Those are the kindest words anyone's ever said to me. I appreciate that, Cade.
1: Well, you're the biggest badass I know, and if she wants to learn to fight, she should learn to fight from us both.
3: And you're the littlest badass I know. All right, let's get out of here.
1: All right, let's get drunk.
3: Hell yeah.
1: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Side adventure complete. So, yes, you managed to deliver the swords and now have a little bit of a continuing side adventure. For Cade. Cade has a fanslash pupil that he's gonna teach all the murdering ways. Ta-da, and we're back. So well, you managed to go back through the way you came. No wild boars or wild animals attacking you. Things are quiet on the way back. Excellent. You do see uh, you do see Tamil sitting there if you wanna talk to her or say anything. Yep. I mean, we did it in less than an hour, I would guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very quick. I go up to her. Uh, Prue is with me. I have three flagons of turnipy delicious ale. And I say it's uh, it's done. Delivery delivered. Wow, that was quick. What was it for? If I may ask. You don't have to tell me if you don't want. I was just curious. It was a secret delivery. Well, with Swords. Fair enough, fair enough. I understand. And uh, it was delivered discreetly, I presume? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right to the little girl. And her mother was none the wiser. Even I didn't see him deliver it. I can guess what these are for. It's not the first or last delivery of this type I've done in the past. People need to defend themselves. All types. That's for sure. It's not a safe place everywhere. No kidding. I would imagine even in this backwater place that things would be quiet, but, well, nothing's really safe anymore now, is there? Well, that's for sure. Last wall fallen. Tyrant escaped. Lord only knows what's going to happen next. Well, thank you very
3: much for, for helping out. When she mentions last wall and the tyrant, I just finished my aisle.
1: She's, uh, she says, uh oh, thank you very much. And she uh, pulls out... Uh, a gold coin to give you as uh, as payment for your delivery. Thanks very much. Yes, you did a fine job and a little bit extra since it was Bort's last delivery. I want to make sure that it was delivered perfectly and it sounds like it was. So with that, I'm going to say the evening is probably a smashing success. Yeah. Okay, just made a note of the gold for Cade. I blow it all on beer for Prue and I.
3: Well, oh, hell yeah.
1: Really? Well, I mean, I don't know how much... What does it take to get us both hammered?
3: Oh wait, a gold is a lot of money. A gold's a lot, a lot of beer, right? That's that. That's enough to kill you.
2: Not just beer, turnip beer.
3: Yeah, turnip beer is like coppers, right? Hold
1: on, I actually have this written down. Wait, where to go? I had I had the. Oh, here it is. Uh, a mug of ale is one copper each. So between oh, the ge- two of you, you're gonna have fifty. 50- and bugs Bell. <laughs> okay, well, maybe not that much. <laughs> are you? Are you Wade Boggs? I think they might got some chickens <laughs> around too. To any children listening, this is an extremely bad idea. Please don't ever do this. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Four days later, they wake up. Hey, it, w- it would take a lot. In fact, you'd probably drink the place dry.
2: So it's the Hangover Plague Stone Edition.
1: <laughs> that we could do. That would be. That would be. It's actually not a bad idea for an adventure, now I think about it. That actually is a very good idea. We have to kind of piece your evening together based on...
2: Oh, a friend of mine has one of those, where you were supposed to deliver Caden's Cup that is ever-flowing, and you somehow misplaced it, and you have to remember back through your drunken stupor what all you had done. So you basically run your adventure in reverse, uh, not unlike uh, The Hangover.
1: That sounds fantastic. What, What
2: adventure is that? Uh, it's not published. He runs it at conventions and stuff for that like midnight slot where people just want to like drink beer and play games and, and drink far too much.
1: It's a, it's a hoot. Mm, sounds like fun. Sounds like a great idea. Anyhow, we will say that uh, Prue and Cade get mighty hammered. The Brixley and Celeste are asking everyone to keep it down.
3: Trying and do some book learning over here. <laughs> hey, Cade, Cade, watch this. I'm going to take his mug and I'm going to use my version of Ray of Frost on it, which for me is to just haunt it with the chill of the grave. So when he takes a sip, <laughs> a little ghost comes out of it and is all spooky. Ghost shots. We're doing ghost shots.
1: <laughs> that that would that would that would do really well in the larger cities, I think.
3: That's a neat trick. When we're retired, we're opening up a bar. Oh, that sounds nice. It'd be good to
2: settle down.
1: Brixley is now torn because you know he really enjoys heraldry lore, but on the other hand, he also really enjoys beer.
2: It's okay, Brixley. I can finish up this section. Go ahead. Those drinks look a little—I mm, don't know—for me.
1: All right, Brixley joins the drink. Come, take work. a break, Brixley, from your book time. I know you love book time, though.
2: Hey,
3: let's give him a—let's give him a spooky ale. Yeah, but give him a spook shot. Yeah, but we won't tell him. Hey, Brixley, I bought you a drink. Brixley decides to try the drink. A ghost comes out.
1: And thinks the the ghost is some sort of blessing from Cade and Khalid. Okay,
3: excellent.
1: Pretty cool, huh? It's a neat trick. All right. If you're done with your shots of ghost ale, in fact, the ghosts make the turnips go down much smoother. Mm
2: -mm. Wait, smoother or smoother?
1: Smoother. That's
3: bad. Those are
2: bad.
1: <laughs> this is coming out around Halloween. Oh. oh. The, welcome to the special Halloween episode of
0: Roll for Combo.
3: I'm going to say that the ghosts give it like a slight, like a minty flavor, like an unnaturally minty flavor. Like a little bit of fear and mint. Yeah, because it, it's real cold.
2: I was thinking it would be kind of like lavender.
3: It depends on what type of ghost it is. Oh, that's true. Is Prue's
1: entire shtick ghosts?
3: I deal in spirits inside spirits. Spirits.
1: (laughs) Is that going to be the name of your pub? Spirits inside
3: spirits.
1: Spirits in spirits.
3: Yes, that's, that's pretty good.
2: That's so ridiculous. I love it.
1: Spirit squared. It's probably too intellectual. Yeah, it's that's verging on hipsterism.
3: So
2: we don't know
1: what math that. is in the past.
3: People would probably pay really well to get some spooky shots, though. You know, you're gonna have to come up with cool names for all of them, though. Oh, we'll definitely have
1: some spooktastic drink names.
3: They'll they'll all be puns.
1: Yeah, spooks on the beach. Uh, a, a spooky Mary. Would the spirits in orange just be the Boo Driver? Oh, these are so bad. Spook driver. You have to use other things than spook. You have, like, boo. I know. Ghost (laughs) There we go. Ghost Mipolitan. That's a a good one. (laughs) Man, you guys, before this adventure is done, Celeste is going to move here. Kate and Prue are going to set up a brewery. And Brixley... I don't know what Brixley's going to do. Brixley hasn't quite figured out his place, but it's a coming, I guarantee. And with that, let's retire for the evening. You all go to sleep with visions of ghosts and booze in your dreams. And you wake up. A new day! A new dawn. Let's roll some fortitude saves for a hangover. Uh, Ooh, 11. But that was for uh, Prue, so she's fine. My so, lady use my is my lady use my uh, paladin ability to get a plus two on this. Oh you're you're a worshiper of Kaden Kalin. He automatically grants you soberness when you wake up. Oh nice. <laughs> Alright then. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of the that's one of the hidden benefits of being one of his worshipers, but you don't really spread that around and let people know, otherwise everyone would join. It's only the true believers he wants. Bam, I'm feeling great. There
3: you go. So, with that, New Day, what do you do? Well, we have a few leads. I'm looking for them now.
2: You know, I was thinking, there was that man in here ranting about undead at a barn. Do you think we should go look at that?
3: Yeah. It eh, couldn't hurt to check it out. Poor guy probably just has PTSD from what was being in last wall. but there's no
2: harm in looking. I mean, that's what I thought too, but now that we know that well, there might be this daughter of a witch on the loose, and someone named V that Harold was uh, was reporting to. There could be something I don't know more sinister about. I suppose
1: that's true. It doesn't necessarily have to be undead. It could be somebody else skulking around.
2: But whatever it is, I, I don't like to think of leaving it unattended. We should certainly look into it. I think.
3: Well, do we know where it is? Yes, you do. All right, y'all ready?
1: Let's go. Okay. You all grab a quick breakfast. You know, turnips. And then you head off to the abandoned house in the abandoned part of town. A mere 10 minute walk away. And sure enough, you find a sagging straw roof barely protects this abandoned house from the elements. What do you do?
3: Well... I guess I'll look around for signs that anyone's been here recently.
1: I'll sneak around back as per my usual procedure. I can go with you. Okay.
3: I think my only job on the party is to look for tracks. That seems like the only thing I do.
1: Look for tracks and then kill whatever makes them.
2: Well, that's true. I'm just thinking Celeste and Kate are the more sneaky of the four party members. So if we're going to split, we might as well split 50-50.
1: Let's do it. I will stick with Team Obvious. Which team is that? That's the gigantic ghost lady and tiny bejeweled man. Got it. The 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 bedazzler. (laughs) They call him the bedazzler. Okay, Team Obscura walks around and finds absolutely no tracks whatsoever. Team Sneaky does not live up to their name, as not only are they crunching and making tons of noise, but Celeste actually trips and falls into a large pile of leaves.
2: Oh my gosh, that bad? Natural
1: one, baby. Ooh.
2: That's the thing about the secret rolls. I would have hero pointed that. You all have one hero point.
1: If you want to use it on that roll, I doubt you'd want to, but you can if you really want
2: All right, I won't. It's just, Cade will never be sneaking around the back
1: again. Cade was doing terrible too. Cade just crunched on. This is what happens Celeste is walking around and then trips and falls in a pile of leaves. Cade looks back at her and is about to scold her when he like steps on a very large twig and it goes snap and like echoes throughout the uh, woods.
3: We're even. Snap,
2: snap, snap, snap. (laughs) Okay. Then Celeste just sort of stares at Cade uh, throwing her arms out as if to say see, like it's obvious. Um, Gesturing wildly at the dry twigs.
1: Let's never speak of this again.
2: No, no. This was a a cat. Yeah, it was a cat.
1: And is this a window here? You rolled a three by the way. Yeah, there's a couple of windows. That's actually, no, that is the chimney. The windows are a showroom. There, there. Okay. Yeah, put me by a window. Around back, the window around back, the first oh, one. Around back, okay. All right, so you guys very loudly sneak up on the house. You look in, and there's piles of debris throughout the room, and there appears to be signs of occupation, although not too recently. There is um, a dilapidated table, chairs, chairs, there's a collapsed staircase that went up to the second floor. There's an old fireplace. This place has obviously been abandoned for, a well, 20 years. What do you know? Okay. Did I hear anything at all? Or No, I did perception checks for you. It's, uh, it's very quiet, and you don't see anything or hear anything of note. And the other window, too? You can see there's another room. Uh, sorry, a kitchen But you're gonna have to move over to another window. You can't quite look in there.
2: Okay, should should we go inside? Maybe you can get the windows open.
1: Is this the windows loose at all? No, these windows are like open to the air. Oh, there's there are holes in the wall. Basically, they're windows without the window. (laughs) They're windows (laughs) in name only. Like uh, they're windows with panes. They're
2: holes. Yeah. Holes. Oh, never mind. This is open source windows. There's no support <laughs> for it.
1: I slip inside. Alright, you slip inside and sure enough there is a well, a kitchen area which also appears to be incredibly poor shape. It looks like anything of value has been long taken from this place. Okay. I do a quick once over of the kitchen. Checking for trappy traps just in case. You, do I get a bonus th- of plus one. <laughs> what is your total then? What would your total be actually? My total perception. Let me check. It's about to say thievery, but that doesn't exist anymore. No, thievery exists. It's just I'm checking for traps, so it's perception. Right. Well, you know what I meant. But that's for disabling. That's for disabling a trap. Right. That's locks, not right. for finding traps. Right. No. So it's a plus nine. For trap plus detection. Nine. Eight Look regular, plus nine for trap detection. You are good at detecting traps. You detect no traps. Excellent. All right, so proceed inside. Follow
2: him, follow him through the window quietly. And
1: what are Prue and Brixley doing as you see them going into the house?
3: <laughs> well, Brix, I don't see any signs that anyone's been here recently.
1: Well, if they're going to go in, maybe we should probably do the same. Is there an entrance on this side, or... Oh, yeah. there's I like... think
3: there's a door in front of us. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. literally
1: the porch with a door. Oh, that's a porch. Okay, <laughs> that first area is just yeah. a porch. Okay, well, let's, let's go in via the porch, I suppose. There you go. You walk right in. As you walk in, Brixley notices something. He notices a backpack sitting inside the fireplace with a glint of silver inside its open flap. Resting next to a shattered chair and a moldy old blanket. I'll point it out to Cade and I'll say, hey, just to be safe, do you want to check that and make sure it's not got any traps or anything? I go up to it and inspect it for danger. As you start walking towards the fireplace, quite suddenly the air seems to grow cold and the sound of moaning fills the house.
3: It uh, wasn't me. Was it the shots? Who, who, did a, who did a spooks on the beach?
0: Roll for combat!
1: Damn. Uh, that ghost came right at the top. As you hear moaning, filling the house. In front of the fireplace, a ghost appears. The ghost is a human with a long sword and tall shield. He has a large scar going down side of his face and he appears to be completely decked out in what they wore at last wall. Prue recognizes this immediately. The ghost wordlessly goes up to you as it goes first. Moves up to Cade. Mm -hmm. I would like to use, if if he hits... By less than two, I would like mm-hmm. to use the nimble dodge plus two bonus to AC versus the triggering attack. Sounds great, except that's not what he's going to be doing. He oh, no. is using his second action for Frightful Moan. Oh. Ooh, this is the Halloween episode. <laughs> Everybody give me a will save. Hey. Hey. Rue makes her save with a 19. Ugh. Celeste uh, fails hero with a point. 13. Hero <laughs> point. Hero Kate point. Fails with a 13. Brixley makes it with a 21. Cade uses his hero point to re-roll. Better. 20, he makes it. Cade is fine. Celeste is the only one spooked. Ah. Are you gonna use your point or no? Nah. Okay, you are Frightened!
3: Frightened 1, Frightened 2. Yes! Frightened 1? Frightened 1. Frightened, do I get to tell you? Um, Um, Is it
2: a number of rounds, or how does...
3: Yeah, Frightened has a numerical condition, and every turn it clicks down by 1.
2: Okay, cool, I'm
1: Frightened. Uh, So this is how it works. You are Frightened 2, and it's also a combination of, right, you have... You have a minus one to hit, and all skills are minus one. It's actually, I think, minus two. I think the way it works is it's... Uh, That's right. It's So it's actually going to be minus two for the first round, and then minus one. So as it ticks down, if you critically failed, it would have been uh, frightened three, so, which would have really sucked. There we go. Okay, so you are frightened. Everyone else is fine, 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 fine. Now, after he spooks you, he swipes you with his ghostly hand. (laughs) And he misses you completely. Cade, you're up. Um, I'm going to try and stab the ghost. All right, so one action to draw, and then one One action. action to draw. One action to stab. Oh my god. Prue, is this your dream come true? You're going to get to fight a ghost with your
3: ghosts? Uh, I think my dream come true is that this deems to serve me, but I don't see that happening.
1: Three for an 11 misses by a mile? Uh, I will um, move here. Okay. Put me between Celeste and it. Prue is up.
3: Okay. Uh, I'll use one action to draw my weapon. I'll use another to channel my own ghosts. Uh, use my rage feature and I'm going to put spirits in my flail that were the friends that I lost in last wall. So my bonus damage from rage will be positive energy. And then I'm going to use my last action to move into a flanking position.
1: Yeah, Alright, look at that. Brixley, what do you do? I'm going to attack. Um, I'm going to draw my rapier. I'm going to move and I'm going to try to attack it.
2: That's not
1: going to work. Ones are getting all flowing all over the place, Celeste.
2: Oh, it, it's, it's horrible. Uh, s- stay, stay away from us. And uh, Celeste puts out her hands and uh, uses a forbidding ward, uh, which is a two-action spell. Between Cade and the Ghost, and that gives Cade a plus one status bonus to his armor class against attacks from the ghost. And uh with her remaining single action, um, she'll be like, Prue, just get it! And she gives you guidance. Nice.
1: What spell was that you
2: used? Uh so forbidding ward was the first one, and guidance was the second. They're my two new bard spells.
1: Oh, so that's like a level zero spell.
2: Yep, they're both cantrips.
3: I forgot that I have spells now, like a dingus.
1: How, how long does that last, the Forbidding
2: Ward? Uh, it's concentration. So it's two actions to get up there, and then I can spend one round, one action each round to concentrate on it and keep it up.
1: Got it. And then what was the last
3: one you did? Guidance.
2: Yeah, Guidance is uh, only one action, and uh, the person can only benefit from it It's basically once a combat. It is asking for divine guidance, granting the target a plus one status bonus to one attack roll, perception check, saving throw, or skill check the attempt before the duration ends, which is until the start of my next turn. The target chooses which roll to use the bonus before rolling, and if they use it, the spell ends. Either way, the target is then temporarily immune for an hour.
1: Cool. Be aware that you have that on you. Okay. The ghost goes. Mm. The ghost is flying, by the way, as you might imagine, and looks around at you. Doesn't say anything, and decides to attack. Cade, uh-huh. my armor class is plus one. Yeah, rolls a three and misses. And nextly, we will attack. Me again? You don't know that. I think <laughs> I do. <laughs> he actually is attacking Brixley. and rolls a two. What is going on? The rolls have been a one, a two, a three, a one, a one, a two, a one, three, two. two. Okay, and now the ghost sees that it is flanked, takes a step back to, well, there where it's no longer flanked, because he seems to be aware of what's going on. Cade, you're up. Uh, let's fix this. Doesn't A O O me? No, he does not attack you. All right. It's flat footed, right? Because I'm flanky flanking? Yes. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Well, I mean, the bad news It's immune to crit. I mean, just stealth sneak attack, right? <laughs> oh. All right. The good news is you hit it. The better news is you do six points of damage. The best news is it seemed to have no effect on the ghost whatsoever. And I don't add my sneak attack, right? You can add your sneak attack. I mean, uh, you rolled a, a D3.
3: Oh, oops. Sorry. It's actually immune to there precision,
1: you so you do not you do not get ah, sneak attack. Then forget it. Yeah. It uh. Yep. You do lots of nothing. You got one more action. Um. Is there a fight defensively option? Dodge situation. The thing actually is, I forgot what it's called. Let me look it up. Take cover, but you'd have to press yourself against a wall or duck behind an obstacle to take a better advantage of cover. you should automatically get. There's that. No. Raise a shield. Oh, that's right, you don't do that. Um No, not really. You can run away. Uh I I don't have anything but I, I'll just be there for Prue to flank because I'm sure her uh energy damage will uh, harm it. Better hope so. Like can I one action help? Like, you know how you used to be able to harry an opponent? Like, make it easier for her to hit it, not just by flanking. Well, there's something called create a diversion. I don't know if that works, but that's uh, deception trained.
3: Just by being a flanking partner, you're already helping a lot. I have
1: one action left that I want to waste it. But if I can't do anything, I'll just waste it. Yep. Why don't you look at the actions while we uh, work out? Prue is up. Prue is glowing with the power of Grayskull on her on her mighty
3: flail. A flail, which is also ghost touch right now. That's part of being a spirit barbarian. So I'm going to take this ghost touch flail, and I'm going to begin making attacks on this ghost. And this should have plus one for guidance. And flat footed. And flat footed. Whoa. Well, that was it. <laughs> <Whoa>.
2: Yes.
3: <laughs> I command the ghost to heal.
2: Whoa!
1: Well, you hit it, you do 16 points of positive energy damage, you strike it soundly, and the ghost screams, and completely dissipates and disappears. Hmm. You are not afraid of no
3: ghost? Nope, I told you I got this.
2: That was the most fantastic thing I've ever seen.
3: Well, I guess he was right. Guess there were some ghosts in here. Somebody want to look at that backpack?
1: I'll look at the backpack.
3: I'll keep my weapon out just in case another one should appear.
0: You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us and play various role-playing games on our Discord channel at discord.rollforcombat.com And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that Magic Missile can solve any problem.